Welcome to the Education Marketing Leader Podcast with Chris Raposo. If you're looking to dive into the latest industry insights, draw inspiration from education success stories, or just want to sharpen your marketing skills, you're in the right place. Here, we bring you a diverse range of voices from experts and leaders in the field, offering you a unique blend of professional development and practical strategies. Whether you want to understand your audience better, stay updated with the latest tech trends in marketing, or expand your professional network, we've got you covered. So while you're driving on your morning commute or winding down after a busy day, let's explore the dynamic world of education marketing together. How can hired websites maintain a cohesive SEO strategy without getting overwhelmed? Yeah, so um, I think more than anything, it's about prioritization. So you have to decide what are the things that you need to um, invest your resources in to be a little bit more gatekeepers. So traditionally, I always recommend uh, program pages as being the most important pages on your entire site. Uh, I kind of have this phrase that I say, program pages are dollar for dollar the most important pages on a higher ed website. And I think that um, specifically in that sense, the uh, marketing and enrollment teams need to be gatekeepers of that content that you are doing highly optimized, both from SEO and marketing copywriting, um, and that you're not letting others get in there and erode that search uh, juice, so to speak, that's on those pages. So for example, if you have a page that's optimized for um, you know, key queries for an accounting program, but a professor decides that they want to refer to it as accountancy, um, that might be the proper name of a program, but there's no one searching for accountancy degrees. They say, I want an accounting degree. Um, if you were to turn that over to being managed by a, an admin or a, a, a professor who might change that term everywhere because it's not the proper term, that would literally erode some of the um, you know SEO rankings for that particular program. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Education Marketing Leader with Chris Raposo. Today, I have the pleasure of welcoming Matt Herzberger, VP of Digital Experience and Analytics at Vision Point Marketing. Matt, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, Matt. So I did a little bit of research on you, as I do with all of my guests, and I know you have a degree in economics from the University of Iowa, and you've been working in higher ed and with higher ed institutions on their marketing for about 15 years. Now, can you tell us a little bit about your journey into higher ed marketing and your role as a VP of digital experience and analytics at Vision Point? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, really it starts when I was in college. Um, I was uh, had, had been, even in high school, a, a web designer, so to speak. At least that's what I called myself back in those days because there was really no better terminology, but I was more of a front-end dev, and I don't know that I was all that good at it for that matter, but that's that's kind of where I started um, my journey in marketing and higher ed. So uh, while I was getting my degree in economics, I was also a uh, student worker at the University of Iowa at a uh, hydraulic research institute. Very random place, but um, it gave me access to a lot of really cool tools and um Uh, Then when I was, uh, I think, around my junior year or so, I um, kind of did a bit of a transition. I took, I I guess I would call it a gap year 
though. You could just say, I decided to start working and I wasn't a great student while in school. Um, but essentially, I started working at a higher ed marketing agency. Um, Staymates, obviously, most folks have probably heard of them. Um, but really, that's where I got my feet wet, learned so much through that opportunity and kind of caught my bug for higher education. Um, it's it's really great, frankly, having started my career with them because the Staymates family is so strong and I still bump into people throughout my career. In fact, I have uh, one person um, that's on my team that uh, I knew from Staymates years and years ago. So it's it's just been kind of an interesting journey. Um, and then the majority of my career, I worked on campuses. So um, directly out of um, essentially the day that I graduated college, I went um, and moved from Iowa to Texas to work at Texas A&M University. Um, spent about five years there. And then I took kind of my first, uh, I, I'll call it level up opportunity to be the director of web at Florida International University in Miami. Um, spent about five years there, just really kind of cut my teeth and honestly, just absolutely loved the experience at FIU and learned so much um, and, and really started to put myself out there as kind of a thought leader in the higher ed space and uh, spoke at just endless conferences and, and really embraced everything that was uh, higher ed web marketing. Um, then from there, uh, once uh, my, my wife and I decided to have a kid, we decided to move from Miami, um, spent uh, a few years at Creighton University um, running web and digital there, uh, then moved on to uh, RNL, spent about seven years there, had just a tremendous experience. And that's where I, I really learned so much about enrollment marketing. So I had, in a lot of ways, been a web person where like web and that space was my whole focus. And then I really kind of blended over into, well, I, I guess a little bit, probably more when I was at Creighton, but I guess I, I became a fully fledged marketer versus being just a web person. Um, and, and so that was where, uh, just learn tremendous things about the enrollment marketing space. And I think it kind of opened my eyes to, um, you know, really the business impact that we as web marketers can provide to an institution and, and kind of the revenue bottom line of an institution. That's additionally where I kind of picked up my um, SEO and analytics skills. So like Prior to that, I was really just a web person and um, was able to kind of hone my skill set and uh, learn a lot more about SEO. And then um, I went to Purdue University, was able to run web for them, just had a tremendous experience there. Um, obviously, you know, being part of just a tier one institution and then found my way to Vision Point. And uh, Vision Point, you know, started as the director of web. Uh, moved into a vice president position in about 90 days and have just grown and have so much opportunity here. Um, and and really, I'm just thrilled with the opportunities and experiences that I've had here. Um, and some of the stuff that we're going to be bringing to market really soon, I'm extremely excited about. That's awesome, man. Thanks so much for the recap. Very robust higher ed industry experience. And um, thinking about Staymate, so in full transparency, Vision Point and Hannon Hill, they, they're partners. They work closely together on projects and also on webinars. And we also work with Staymates. So I didn't know you worked at Staymates. And another fun note, my wife graduated from the university, the Florida International University with her MBA last year. So we actually went down to, to Miami to 
uh, attend the graduation. So I've been to that campus. I know what it looks like. And I also yeah. know why you left Miami after you had a kid. It's, it's busy down there. Um, but like I said, we we previously worked on webinars together, and I know that you're an expert in SEO, particularly as it relates to colleges and university, like you just talked about. So can you explain the unique challenges hired institutions face when it comes to SEO compared to other industries? So the first one that I always talk to people about is uh, this concept of cannibalization. And by that, I really mean the fact that uh, higher ed is very different than a corporate setup where um, in a corporate setting, if there were competing content on a site, the marketing team would just come in and say, we're going to sever that limb. We're going to have the the content that we're going to focus on and the one that's going to be really honed to win those queries. But in higher ed and just the uh, organic and decentralized nature of how things work, that's not super feasible at times. And so I think the challenge that we have is that, you know, just to point out a, a example, um, if you have a, a program at an institution, you know, a, a master's in chemistry program or something, you might have four pages that are all competing for that traffic. So there's one run maybe by enrollment and marketing. There's one run by the department. The college might have a page to um, capitalize on that query and, and endless others. Maybe there's a professor that's got a, a site that you know talks about their chemistry program. And so from an SEO context, that's really challenging because uh, if you don't have um, canonical links where you're saying this is the authoritative page that we want to win for these queries, um, you're you're kind of eating each other's lunch. Like you're, you're literally competing against yourselves. And so that sends a challenging signal to uh, Google. And so I think that that is, is just specific to higher ed in the fact that the decentralized and folks not wanting to necessarily mandate things. Um, I, I would say that's one of the biggest challenges. And then the other, I think, is really just the product mindset. So um, it, when you deal with paid media and digital marketing, I think folks get this a lot more, like they're savvy and the digital teams are running campaigns to promote uh, you know, programs, uh, topics, uh, courses, certifications, et cetera. But uh, the organic, unfortunately, gets into just kind of open and public content. And I think folks kind of struggle with the product mindset at times. And so by that, I mean, you know, uh, program pages, for example, need to be really optimized um, marketing, copywriting, and still quite often today, you see academic program pages that read like something from a, um, a catalog and they're very kind of communications focused. And I, I would highlight those as probably two of the biggest problems that kind of happen in the higher ed SEO space. Okay. Yeah. You just uh, touched on the cannibalization and the different pages that compete with one another. Now, as you mentioned, you worked at a smaller colleges, but you also worked at R1 schools. So with so many courses, departments and faculty pages at some of the bigger institutions, some of them have hundreds or thousands of pages. How can hired websites maintain a cohesive SEO strategy without getting overwhelmed? Yeah. So um, I think more than anything, it's about prioritization. 
So you have to decide what are the things that you need to um, invest your resources in to be a little bit more gatekeepers. So traditionally, I always recommend uh, program pages as being the most important pages on your entire site. Uh, I, I kind of have this phrase that I say, program pages are dollar for dollar the most important pages on a higher ed website. And I think that um, specifically in that sense, the uh, marketing and enrollment teams need to be gatekeepers of that content, that you are doing highly optimized, both from SEO and marketing copywriting, um, and that you're not letting others get in there and erode that that um, search uh, juice, so to speak, that's on those pages. So for example, if you have a page that's optimized for um, you know, key queries for an accounting program, but a professor decides that they want to refer to it as accountancy, um, that might be the proper name of a program, but there's no one searching for accountancy degrees. They say, I want an accounting degree. Um, if you were to turn that over to being managed by a, an admin or a, a a professor who might change that term everywhere because it's not the proper term that would literally erode some of the um, you know SEO rankings for that particular program. Um, back to my point though of priority, I think also you know we have to prioritize, um, especially if you're a tier one research institution, you have maybe 200 programs. That is not a quick project to tackle to optimize 200 programs. So I think you also need to work with your um, enrollment leaders, your academic affairs leaders to come up with a plan for what are you going to focus on first? So maybe it's, you know, your first quarter of trying to tackle this, you're going to try and get your 20 either most popular or, um, you know, your potential programs that you have out there that you're going to optimize for that particular quarter. Um, then also when it comes to, you discuss all these other properties, you know, be it courses, departments, divisions, et cetera. Um, I think that, you know, if at all possible, and this is really easy, me now being a consultant who from the outside can say what you should do versus when I was on campus and I had to fight, struggle and advocate for what should happen. Um, but again, the dynamics of higher ed, there's not like a CEO that's going to come in and say, marketing has control over all pages in your entire domain. That's not feasible. So I think it's more or less, um, you know, working collaboratively with folks to understand or articulate these challenges and then prioritize and come up with a plan for how to manage your domain. Um, so I think central marketing needs to set up structures and standards for how all these things work. Places that are kind of eroding your domains act because the challenge is uh, to Google your institution's comprehensive domain. So that's your main site as well as all subdomains. That's all one thing to them. They do not care that your central team has done really well with their website, but they've got some site down here that's just eroding all of the traction. Um, you as central marketing leaders need to look at that whole domain comprehensively and kind of triage and prioritize what's out there. Get the things that are really, really bad out there. Uh, but also then prioritizing what you need to manage. Yeah, you made a you brought up a good point with when you earlier talked about the accountancy versus accounting class. You know, it's uh, very important to make sure that the the content is written for in layman's terms, and and to keep in mind that you who the audience is. Right, the audience isn't the faculty. The audience is the person that's yet uneducated in the field who may not know the proper terms. 
So in order for them to find it through Google search, you want to make sure you use everyday language that the person who's looking for a particular course knows. Um, let's talk about a little bit about local SEO. You know, there's something coming up called the enrollment cliff and some uh, universities and colleges may want to get out of their state to bring in some students uh, from from states that have maybe an uptake of traditional age students. So, but you also don't want to neglect your your in-state student or the students in your town. So how important is local SEO for hired institutions? Would you say focus on local SEO as well or keep it broad? So I think ultimately, again, it's it's all about prioritization, being very thoughtful about what you're trying to win for. So, um, you know, are you trying to win the world? Are you trying to win your, your nation? Are you trying to win in more of like a hyper-local sense? And I think the truth is, we need to attempt to do all those things, but we're probably going to have to focus and decide which ones are priority in that sense. Now, when it comes to SEO, right, you've seen a lot. Can you share some common mistakes you've seen higher ed institutions that they made with their SEO efforts and how they can avoid them? So again, the cannibalization, I think, is uh, kind of the number one um, to discuss in that space. Uh, that we've already kind of touched on that one. Um, I think other ones would be, again, just thoughtful kind of curation and content strategy um, kind of across the board. Um, I think that uh, being thoughtful about what it is you're actually trying to win on. So, um, you know, you can't win best MBA program. You need to probably search for more regional niche and thematic, long tail keywords and stuff like that. But again, I think the thing is like, once you're trying to size up your opportunity, because again, it's deciding what type of space that you're going to attempt to win for, then obviously having like an SEO tool, be it, you know, a a SEMrush, a Bright Edge, um, something like that, where you actually understand what you're competing against. Um, I, I, years ago, this probably seven years ago, worked on a project with a small regional um, institution in a very large state in the United States, the state that I live in. So some of you can start to figure this out, uh, working against a tier one research institution in the same state. And they were actually winning in almost all head-to-head queries. So part of this is there's not blanket approaches and strategies to all these things. You actually have to get a lay of what's going on in your region and understand what you can win on. So, so we so we talked about you know some of the common pitfalls, some of how local SEO works. Now, in a broader spectrum, how does SEO influence the overall health of a website? So obviously, um, I did a webinar essentially on this exact topic uh, with you, Chris, uh, recently, and uh, it was kind of on the relationship between SEO and UX. And I think this is such an important topic. Um, and in fact, I've I've been exploring more and more because uh, I manage both the SEO and the web service area um, at our company. And... Um, I feel like at times people decouple these two practices 
practices, but it's been my strong intent and vision that, uh, as I call it, organic web is like absolutely one of the most important spaces that we need to be curating for our institutions. So by that, I think we need to not decouple those, but in fact, absolutely join those at the hip. Um, one of the things that we've been looking at kind of elevating and exploring in particular our web, or excuse me, our SEO service is how we add a UX layer to it. And there's in particular this kind of uh, new space called SXO, which is essentially search and UX optimization combined. Um, one of the things I actually kind of coined this phrase the other day, I, I was uh, on a, a sales call and, and I was trying to articulate this dynamic between SEO and uh, UX. And the phrase that I used is that we need to get people to and get them through our website. But then obviously your web experience needs to be very thoughtful and curated, reduce all friction in the user journey to get them through it. And through it could mean a bunch of different things. They have certain goals that they're bringing to the website. And then we have certain goals that we want to facilitate for them. And so by that, I would traditionally say that means things like, you know, getting them to fill out an RFI where that's them raising their hand. Um, you, there's then a user journey that we can kind of curate for them, so to speak, and nurture them downstream of that. But then also it could just be that they have a piece of information that they need to get. So we need to have the best on-site experience. That's also inclusive of the actual content. So Given the competitive nature of higher ed, how can institutions effectively use SEO to differentiate themselves from other schools and programs? So again, I, I hit on this a little bit um, in, in one of my previous answers, but I think so much of it is just about being realistic as to what you're going to win for. So again, if you're in a crazy competitive space, you know, in most cases, I think it's most relevant, the regional space. So if you're a uh, you know, an ASU, a Purdue Global, uh, uh, Southern New Hampshire University, et cetera. Your goal is to win the national namespace. But if you're not one of those schools or a school very similar to those, you're never going to win that namespace. And it's anybody that is telling you that they're going to deliver on that goal uh, with anything short of a, you know, half million dollar SEO budget, it's, it's just not reasonable and it's not something that you can win so i think like in most cases you need to be more thoughtful as to the the um seo space that you're going to try and win or if you're trying to compete at that national scale you need to go very niche and long tail so um you know you can win maybe targeted queries that no one's trying to uh win that particular query but you're not going to win the big like best MBA program nationally, that's just not tenable and not something you should be shooting for. But maybe a really long tail query where it's a, um, you know, an MBA with unique concentration, uh, that's something you can maybe attempt to win on. Um, so again, I think so much of it is just being reasonable about what it is you're trying to target and win. Um, in relation to, you know, the spend, the size of your institution, where you're located, what your uh, direct competition is in that space. And then I, th I think also it's super relevant to understand that, like, 
you're not going to be able to chat GPT your way to winning this thing. Because I think that um, while we've definitely done some experimentation in how we, you know, leverage, um, you know, chat GPT and similar things in developing content, the one thing that that most certainly can't do today, and I would argue might never be able to do, is understand the nuanced, unique nature of your institution. So uh, really, you know, again, back to the, the SEO and the UX, the content, once you get to the website, is there to influence you and make you understand why particular choosing this academic experience at your institution specifically is the right choice for you as a student. And there's no way to be able to articulate that through generic content. Um, so I think that when it comes to content, you need to really be thoughtful about what it is that you're trying to articulate to a prospective student and why your institution is the right institution for them for the uh, program that they're choosing to pursue. You don't want to be everything to everyone because if you're trying to market to everyone, you basically market to no one. And if you keep it too generic, you may attract the wrong people to your institution that will eventually churn or never finish their degree. So that's great insight right there. And especially relevant with the age of generative AI and JetGPT and how it it's perceived to make our jobs a lot easier, which in some ways it is, but you never want to take the first draft that it spits out. You know, you want to make it your own and relevant for your target audience and your your institution. Now, for higher ed marketers looking to refine their strategies, what are your top three actionable tips they should implement right away? I, I would kind of start off with uh, marketing your product. So being very thoughtful about how you're going to position your academic programs that your institution has. Those should be the first place that you start to focus what you're doing, um, that or thematic things that you want to win for your institution. So let's say you're the innovation school, you're the STEM school, you're any other thing like that, if you can own that thematic space. But traditionally, the, um, you know, the, the thing that people are searching for, especially um, top of funnel or early in their journey, is finding the right um, academic program for them at your institution. So it's typically one of the best starting points to get Google to support your lead generation activities. Okay, great. So we, we've talked a lot about SEO today. So, and we, I know that you've been in higher ed marketing and web strategy for over 15 years now. What is one important lesson that you've learned over the course of your career that you can share with the audience? Um, I think really just the idea of being cu curious um, always learning and exploring, uh, know and be very intentional about where you want to go with your career. So I think, you know, there's so many opportunities, be it in the leadership space or going really deep with a particular specialization, um, and then just putting your full effort behind it, you know, being tenacious and, um, uh, just kind of taking all those inputs and, and putting your full weight behind whatever it is that you want to do from a, a career and, and learning standpoint. Um, Cause I think that's, that's really the, the nature of higher education is about being curious and learning and growing. Now, if people want to connect with you, learn more about yourself, vision point, how can people get in touch with you? 
Yeah, um, I would suggest probably there's two best ways to get a hold of me. Uh, one is reaching out on LinkedIn. So obviously, um, most folks know in URLs, but uh, LinkedIn.com slash Matt Persberger, or um, emailing me at uh, M-H-E-R-Z-B-E-R-G-E-R at visionpointmarketing.com. Uh, definitely would welcome, you know, just any conversations that folks might want to have about the SEO space and learning how it can work at their institution. Absolutely. Perfect. And I'll make sure I tag you in the LinkedIn recap so people can find you easily on LinkedIn. But Matt, thank you so much for your time today, for talking about SEO and helping the audience advancing it better at, at, the, at the art of SEO. So Matt, thank you. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Chris. All right. Take care.